sports talk with no commercials. Unless you're paying, here's the Dan and Peter Show. Hey, everybody. It's the Dan and Peter Show. Um, we've been doing the show for a while without Peter. Um, we, we, we thought... We, right, don't don't don't, don't don't jump me, Peter. For, don't don't ruin this for see, me. I've already we uh, my bounds. Yeah, exactly. We uh, we thought he was lost um, with the ball drop uh, in January. Uh, we thought you know maybe that had crushed him. And then uh, this Malaysian Airlines flight goes down, and Wasn't we on it. we thought Peter may have been on that too. We hadn't heard, but well, oh my gosh, we we look around. He's he's back. <laughs> Jeez, we only had to have uh, Ralph Wilson pass away for you to come and do a show with us finally. Peter, good to see you, man. How you doing? Good to see you. How have you been? Good, good. No, good. I heard you've been working some deals, you know. Um, trying to cut deals, trying to make change. Drive st- change in the in the industry. Is it true you're starting your own football league? Is that your own professional football league? I've talked to Vince McMahon about it. He's turned me down. Now, already. are you going to be doing a show on the WWE Network? Is that true? Uh, it could be. It's a rumor. All right. It's cool. a rumor. Well, let's keep we'll the rumors see. going. You know, let's. Start. I heard that uh, you were going to be part of the SEC network uh, coming this fall with Tim Tebow. Is that true too? No, but I might be on Dancing with the Stars next month. Yeah, so. Actually, that could be great. I think yeah. you'd be better at Dancing with the Stars on uh, this new cast than uh, True Carey. Okay, <laughs> I think you could do that. Now Peter's back. And, uh, Peter's Peter works in the insurance industry where it's an on-demand business, especially with Obamacare going on. And Peter's got to actually like sell packages, benefits packages to companies, and he does a hell of a job at it. And now. With the climate changing, Peter's busier than ever. So he hasn't had a chance to do it. Is it I mean, is that a fair assessment? Very, very good assessment. I need to bring you on the road with me. That's why right. I should, you, as maybe, my intro before yeah. I walk into a well, room. I don't know if you heard. I'm going to be unemployed soon, so I can certainly use the money. Yes, we have heard. Uh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, that that wasn't awkward this morning, yes. was it? Yes. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, enough about that. We love doing this podcast. Pete and I yes. have been friends for a long time. Peter's the Fisher, uh, the voice of Fisher football, alongside Gene Battaglia. Peter's the analyst. Nobody, and I mean this, and I'm not blowing smoke. Nobody's a better college football analyst than Peter because he can break the tape down. I mean, there's guys uh, in, I'll say west of Batavia, but like east of Erie or north of Erie, let's say, who do radio shows, <laughs> who try to break down football and have no idea. And who, some of them who are ex-jocks themselves, yeah. they say, and couldn't break down a simple coverage to save their lives. Yeah. Like you can. Well, thank you. That's, that's you're, you're very the best. kind. You're the best. I appreciate that. You're on that Time Warner. Very much. You're on Sports Radio 950 with Gene Metagli doing Bills games. Yes. I've done, I've or not Bills games, but doing Fisher games. I've that's done games with you. That's the hope. And that's why we got this podcast together. So, you know, Peter's here today because, you know, we're, we're at a very, very difficult time right now if you're a Buffalo Bills fan. First, you got the news of Jim Kelly and everything that's going on with him. And I think our thoughts and prayers all go out to him and Jill and the family. And I think you need to keep praying for the Kellys because this is a battle. And I don't know the specifics of it. And I know, Peter, you don't either. But we know that from the pictures that have been sent out and the t- discussions everybody's been talking about, it's it's going to be a battle for the Kellys right that, now. That picture that Jill tweeted out, mm-hmm. I think, a, a few days ago when Jim was in his bed, hospital bed, mm-hmm. lying on his side, looking in pain, utter mm-hmm. pain. And his daughter lying behind him, right. it, it was just a touching picture. Really just, you felt the pain of that entire room right. and what Jim might be going through. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's hard. It's going to be hell. And I've seen people living with cancer. It's not easy. No, uh, my no. father dealt with it for four years. And, you know, you just, your thoughts of prayers go out to not just the Kellys, but anyone living with cancer at this point and their families. Because it's, it's a process. And, I mean, if you've seen television shows like Breaking Bad, that's a great example of what goes on every day in the life of a cancer patient. And um, imagine having to live with that and then go do your daily job as being, you know, a, an ambassador of the Buffalo Bills and someone who is connected to the franchise as much as 
nobody's connect, is connected to the Buffalo Bills as much as Jim Kelly is. And now with the news that Ralph Wilson's passed away, of course, things are going to get even more difficult. And I want to stress this enough because I've read and heard a lot of stuff, and you have too, Peter, about Mr. Wilson's passing. And, of course, the sad part about in this Facebook, Twitter, social media society we have today is that now everything is all about us. And... There are people like you and I and others who have honored Mr. Wilson with our thoughts and prayers and his family. And there are others who are like, the natural question, what's going on with the Bills? What's going to happen to the team? And it just proves to me how selfish people can be and how nobody's done their homework over the last seven or eight years. Let's be honest. I mean, Mr. Wilson's been up in age. It's always been a question, a looming question nobody's wanted to ask or answer. What's going to happen when Mr. Wilson passes? I don't want to get into that. We'll get into that a little later. Not right now. The main thing is that Ralph Wilson changed my life. He changed your life, yeah, Peter. Yeah. And I want to start with how Ralph Wilson changed your life because my story is a little bit different than yours because I sucked at football. You were able to play it. But the big reason why you wanted to play football is because you grew up in Western New York. You went to St. Joe's High School, and you got to play the game because there was a team that you wanted to be on when you grew up, and that was called the Buffalo Bills. Well, you know, it's funny. I moved to Buffalo, New York in 1980 from Fairlawn, New Jersey. And when I grew up in New Jersey, seven years of the first seven years of my life, I was a New York Giant fan. Mm-hmm. My dad was a Giant fan. Everybody in the family was a Giants fan. So I grew up loving the Giants. But when I moved to Buffalo, just my identity, I'm an independent guy. I wanted my own thing. I wanted right. my own deal. So obviously the Buffalo Bills were in town. I just started playing freshman football. Mm-hmm. Uh, we called it freshman in Little League. There was freshman JV varsity. So I was there saying, if I'm playing football in Buffalo, I have to love the Bills. And sure enough... It, you, you emulated all the stars, right. Joe Ferguson. You know, mm-hmm. who, I, I can name. There's a dozens of names you can mm-hmm. name in the Bills back then. Joe Cribs, mm-hmm. keep going. Uh, and I emulated them, and I wanted to be them, and I wanted to go to the games. I'll never forget going to my first Buffalo Bills game in 1987 against the Jets, the, the home opener there. That was your first game. First, my game. first game was that year too. No but kidding. Go, go, I'll get yeah. to that, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah. So I, you know, just just having the ability to be in a town that loves a team as much as Buffalo did mm-hmm. and does, regardless of the ups and the downs, we we go through the pain, we go through the adulation, we go through. A lot of different emotions with the Buffalo Bills, and uh, it's all because of Ralph Wilson. And as I said in my Facebook post yesterday, I saw a lot of people posting, you know, I interviewed him here, and, you know, I knew him, and I had this moment with him, and that's all well and good. And I didn't have that moment with Ralph Wilson, but what I did have were moments with friends and family and loved ones enjoying the Buffalo Bills together. And those are the memories that Ralph Wilson allowed us to have. Right, exactly. can't repay those. You know, it's funny. You you bring that up because, you know, you talked about how you moved here from New Jersey. And in New Jersey, were you in northern New Jersey? Northern New Jersey. Okay, so here's your options. You ready? The New York Yankees, the New York Mets, the New York Knicks, the New York Islanders, the New York Rangers, the New York Jets, the New York Giants. Those are just the major professional sports teams that play. Oh, yeah, the New Jersey Nets, too. Yeah. Those are your options. The New Jersey Devils, as well. Those are your sporting options. Within a 10-mile radius. Within a 10-mile radius. <laughs> and if you get bored one day, you can pick a different sport. Yeah. I mean, the New York area is the only place where City Field, Yankee Stadium, and the Meadowlands, now MetLife Stadium, could all be sold out within a square, like an 8-mile square radius. Yeah. Those stadiums can all be sold out on a Sunday afternoon because there's so much to do there. There's so many teams. You come here to Western New York, it's the Bills. Yeah, they have the Sabres too, but so did Hartford. 
You know, right. Portland has the Trailblazers. Yeah, big deal. Uh, you know, San Antonio has the Spurs, and that's it. Oklahoma City has the Thunder, and that's it. You know, you can have the Sabres, and it's a hockey town. That's great. But the reason the Sabres exist is because of Mr. Wilson, because of the Buffalo Bills and the success the Bills had. And Mr. Wilson had to make some tough decisions along the way to bring that team here. He originally wanted to put it in Miami. It didn't work out with the Orange Bowl. All right, fine. His people in Detroit told him, why don't you try that? Buffalo team. They had a huge following in the old AAFC days. The team folded. Why don't you put a team there? And he did. He took a chance. At three years, I'll give it a shot. And it worked out for everybody involved. When you think of Buffalo now, you know what separates Buffalo and Western New York and Rochester from Wichita, Kansas, or Toledo, Ohio, or Austin, Texas? You know what separates those? The Buffalo Bills. That's correct. Because that is our ticket to the big time. That is what put us on the map. Because... What would Buffalo be known for? I mean, just it's like a punchline in sitcoms. Right. You know, I remember them referencing Buffalo the and winter, the Golden the Girls. Snow. You know, yeah. I remember, yeah. yeah. They tried to make a show about it called Jesse in the late 90s, and it flopped with Christina, Christina uh, Applegate. Yes, I, I mean, that. they couldn't do that, but a football team, <laughs> an that. NFL franchise, and it wasn't even an NFL franchise. It was an AFL franchise. Yeah. They were laughed at. They were called the Foolish Club. I swear if I could ever get four bandmates to agree, I would name my next band the Foolish Club in honor of Mr. Wilson and Lamar Hunt and all those guys that put that league together. They did something Donald Trump and his cronies couldn't do with the USFL. Right. Did something that Vince McMahon couldn't do. They put together a football league that could rival the NFL, that could actually make people pay attention to both leagues, that changed the way football is played in this country, to bring a guy named Joe Willie Namath in who could stick his foot in the mouths of the Indianapolis, or I'm sorry, the Baltimore Colts, and say, we are as good as you, and then follow it up a year later with Hank Stram and the Kansas City Chiefs with Len Dawson. Yes, we can. We are as good as you. We can beat you at your own game. You might as well absorb us now, to the point where it is the most popular sport in history. I know guys like Mark Cuban are saying the NFL could get greedy. That's true. But you could say that about any league at this point. The NFL is king. And Buffalo and Western New York are a part of that ride because of Ralph Wilson and the sacrifices he made to keep this team here and to build a team here. And it's all because of that guy. Because if you remove that franchise, Buffalo's just another trip on the thruway. That's all it is. I've had the privilege of being around Bill Polian for Four hours a stretch twice and playing golf last year, mm-hmm. the past two years. You're pretty well connected. And <laughs> not really, but if you like to call it that. But the best part about those discussions that I had with Bill, talking about all the memories about football and the Bills and just a lot of different things that you really would never hear. The one thing that always resonated with me, even those that those two days, even before yesterday when Ralph died, is Bill said, I could tell you for a fact that Ralph had many opportunities to take the gravy train and move the team. In his word, he stuck to his word. How many people stick to their words anymore? Nowadays, did you see the Did you see the thirty for thirty on the Big East where Rick Pitino was talking? Rick Pitino. There's there's a point where they like it's much like the AFL. Here's a here's a nice parallel. Okay, there's all these colleges that need to somehow get their basketball programs on the map. And there's one in Syracuse, and there's one in Georgetown, and Providence, and all these in St. John's, and they formulate this league called the Big East Basketball Conference. And it wasn't supposed to be about football. Supposed to be about basketball, and they get TV contracts, and they get things rolling. The ball starts rolling. All of a sudden, they're recruiting, and they're on national television. They get on this fledgling network called ESPN, and their games are on. All of a sudden, they're getting national attention. Guys like Patrick Ewing are showing up to play, and all of a sudden, they're getting everywhere. Now the money's coming in. 
They're on the Big East is on the Big East Network. They started their own network. It was on ESPN and it was on CBS. It was on anywhere they could find TV time. It was going to be on there. And then all of a sudden, it became bigger than the ACC and the money started rolling in. And all of a sudden now. Things start to change. The landscape changes. It starts going towards football. Now football's driving the money bus. And Nike's getting involved and all this other stuff. And all this money starts starting to separate all these guys and the coaches. And now everybody's in it for themselves. And Rick Pitino brought up a point where when he was with Louisville and Louisville didn't join the ACC. They were still in the Big East at this point when Syracuse was leaving. And he said, Rick, here's the thing. It's all backdoor deals. As soon as the meeting's over, these School presidents are back on the phone going, okay, here's what the Big East is offering us to stay. What do you want to give us? That's what's happening. And Mr. Wilson didn't do that. He could have moved the team. He didn't do that. Many times. Many times. Many times. And they've tried so many different times to try to pry this team away from the Buffalo Bills. Mr. Wilson said no. Every time there have been rumors, because we all love rumors, because we got no news, we got to create news. Grab something. So, hey, hey, the Bills could leave. This Toronto deal, you and I both knew when they first started this Toronto deal, it was about revenue. It had nothing to do with moving the team. Right. Because when we all knew when Mr. Wilson passed away, the team would go into a trust, and it goes to the highest bidder. That's the way the NFL works. It's not like the guys at Rogers Cable could have an inside scoop. It's not like John Bon Jovi could come in and say, hey, look, we've been working with Toronto and stuff, so it's our team. It doesn't go that way. It doesn't work that way. This was about revenue. The Bills needed that cash, that $78 million, to compete in the NFL. They were doing everything they could to keep the Buffalo Bills a viable franchise in a weak economic client in a Rust Belt city that was dying and still has its economic issues and he was able to do that and Mike Catalano once hit it on the head from Channel 13 here in Rochester he said what do you think Ralph wants a new walker a shiny gold walker (laughs) what's he going to do by moving this team and when Russ Brandon and the guys worked on that deal with New York State the seven year deal there's a four million four hundred million dollar buyout no one's putting that up Uh, so you got seven or eight years to wait for anything to happen. And the, you got local billionaires who are thinking about jumping in on this. And, oh, by the way, one little thing. You don't think there's four or five other NFL franchises who might consider moving to L.A.? Because they're going to have not just one but two teams. And the, the word on the street is that one is going to be an expansion. The other one is going to be the Rams. And that would be the best bet because with the expansion team, it's basically a Ponzi scheme. There's free money sitting there. And with the Rams, they're returning home with a guy who's building a stadium with his own money who – is, is the owner of the St. Louis Rams. It's not going to happen. Right. So everybody just needs to shut up. And what bothered me the most, Peter, is the first thing that out of everybody's mouth is, uh, even on my Facebook page, was, man, sorry about Ralph. Hey, get your season tickets now. They're not going to be around forever. And it just yeah. blows my mind how uneducated and thoughtless people, and how callous people are when a man is just bre- breathed his last breath and that's what you want to talk about today? yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, and you know, I, I it's the juxtaposition of Ralph dying and the man who said that when this happens, don't worry, I got it. Jim Kelly with mm-hmm. his buying company is laying in a hospital bed fighting for his life. I, mm-hmm. It's hard to wrap my mind around right. what's going on here, and it has touched so many people. And with Ralph's death death yesterday. You watch all the sports shows, all these people interviewed, Andre Reid, Bruce Smith, Bill Polian, Marv Levy. It's like it, it, it's it's more than a football team it to is. me. It, it really feels like that. It's it's a it family. It is the cornerstone it, of Western New York. It, this is, I mean, it's bigger than Niagara Falls. Yeah, yeah, it is. It should it be. Really it should is. be a natural wonder at this point, right? Yeah, you got the New York State license plate. You got the Statue of Liberty on one side. You ought to put the Bills logo on the other side because that's our 
most precious resource. And I appreciate, and I really um, appreciate Russ Brandon keeping uh, one set of the lights on last night at the stadium. That was pretty classy. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, they kept one stanchion of lights on uh, of the uh, of the lights of Ruffles That's Stadium. Cool. They left it on overnight. Um, I know that the Bills actually had to send a press release out last night because people were gathering at the stadium to do a candlelight vigil. And the Bills had to ask the media to stop reporting that this was going on because of liability. There's construction going right, on. They're right, rebuilding right. the stadium. They're cha- you can't do that. And it's like, to me, it's like, I know you want to honor Mr. Wilson, but when then you start like taking it upon yourself to go mourn publicly, I mean, it's not like you knew the guy. I mean, you, there's ways to mourn now where you don't have to right. go to the stadium with a candle and a 12-pack, basically. But that's Buffalo. It is. Right. That's that's the beauty of Buffalo. It's the neighborly city. I get what you're saying. Yeah. You wouldn't see that in New York. You wouldn't see that right. in D.C. You I can see people see dropping Miami. candles and teddy bears and that type of thing. Like when Corey Lytle died in the Yankees or when any of those yeah. things happened, yeah. you'd see a memorial at the stadium. I it, get it, all that. It, it, I kind of I look at it as look at the Boston Red Sox when they won the World Series. I know I, I, it's a bad, bad topic for you, but how many of the uh, living relatives of the Red Sox went to the grave sites the next day of their loved ones to and said, them. hey, guess what just happened? Put Red Sox on the, on the grave site. I, I kind of relate it to that. It's the Buffalo is, the Bills are more of the fabric mm-hmm. of the people of Buffalo. That's and fair. Unless, can, unless that's you live fair. there, you don't that. understand that's that. That's fair. I, I can yeah. live with that. To, just yeah. to me, it's like... I, I look at it as like, oh, hey, here's another excuse to party. And I'm not saying that like people would... Well, it's going to be an Irish wake the first tailgate of the year. You better oh, believe that. Of course that. it is. Yeah. Of course it is. And, <laughs> you, you know, it, it, like there's so many situations... There's so many bills right now with Mr. Wilson's passing. who Ex-bills who, you know, are up there in age or are in rough shape. And Jim Kelly's one of those. And it's sad to think of things in those terms. But you got to deal with it. And you got to find yeah. a way to do it. And there's a class way to do it. And I got to say, all the television people and all the news people, most of the news people in the newspapers, I know you have to address the possibility of the team leaving. I know you have to do that. Give but it time. Give it, yeah, give it a day or two. Maybe yeah. wait until, you know. But all the TV people were superb last night on every station and every channel. I didn't get to hear WGR's coverage at all. I was too busy doing my own thing for my own radio show this morning, trying to get people on. But John Kutchko from Channel 8 was great. And he did a piece, and I still haven't gotten a chance to watch it, about Mr. Wilson in 1998. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it was a sit-down with him and Ralph Wilson and, and him just talking about Ralph in, the next, in 30 years from this day, and this was 1998, who do you want? The, how do you want the next owner to be for the Buffalo Bills? What do you want them to uh, personify? And Ralph just said, you know, I want them to have a passion for football and a passion for Buffalo. You know, his, he said the only way uh, you're going to make money is if, um, I can't remember how he said it, but uh, you move or you die. And I'm not interested in any of those things. Mm-hmm. So his, from 1959, I think, when he threw his hat in the ring for the Buffalo Bills and buying them, till the end of his life, he was committed to Western New York in Buffalo. And I'm proud to say that at St. John Fisher College, our alma mater, you know, now it will always say Ralph Wilson Athletic Department in the Athletic Department building and the uh, Ralph C. Wilson mm-hmm. School of Education. I'm, I'm proud they, of that. They also they also have the uh, the Ralph C. Uh, yeah, the, the education building. Yes. Do they name a pharmacy after him too? Uh, no, well, that's Wegmans. That's okay, Wegmans. Yeah. Wegmans. Okay, because yeah. I know they have the educational school. And um, 
you know, it's it's pretty cool that they were able to do that. It's cool yeah. that he committed to St. John Fisher. I mean, they could have uprooted training camp several yeah. times over. I mean, Fisher was revolutionary in what they did for their program. Dr. Catherine Keough, um, may she rest in peace, she was, um, she was on the cutting edge of bringing the Buffalo – realizing how important bringing a professional football franchise to her college – how important that would be to bring students to change the school, to expand the school, to bring in a better football program. Because at the time, Fisher wasn't doing real well, and they didn't get to spend a lot of money to try to recruit players. And I'm not saying they spend money to – they don't sign players like SMU. That's not what I mean. No, I understand. It costs money to recruit and to travel and to do things to get people to want to come to your school. And they renovated the entire athletic department, and all of a sudden now everybody else is chasing Fisher because Mr. Wilson said, yeah, I'll come. I'll come. And we'll have training camp here, and it's been there since 2000. Yeah, it's and, 15 and, years and going he's on 16 quietly, years. Quietly, most recently, quietly, he didn't want anybody to know. He's a very unassuming man. Mm-hmm. Doesn't want the limelight. He gave two million dollars to St. John Fisher. I don't know if that's public information. Well, too bad. But he gave two million dollars to St. John Fisher out of wow. his. You know, here you go. Recently, yeah. no yeah. kidding. Yeah. Wow. And that I was did. a deal. I, when I say recently, I say within the past two years. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. That's that's him. One of my favorite stories about Ralph Wilson, you talked about the $2 million that he's given to Fisher, and that's my alma mater and yours. Uh, one of the stories that I love is the Raiders story. Because yeah. back when the AFL, yeah, yep. back when the AFL was still trying to work out the kinks, Al Davis couldn't afford his franchise anymore. So... Ralph Wilson had to jump in and help buy it, which is illegal. You can't do that. <laughs> but he, 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 screw the cops. I'm going in to do this because we need. Because if we lose the Raiders, suddenly we don't. We have an uneven number of teams, and now they're going to say the league's crumbling. Let's up uproot and let's run back to the NFL. And he kept the team together. Four hundred thousand dollars, I think he paid. Mm-hmm. He gave Al Davis four hundred grand, and Al Davis paid it all back. Yep, and then some, and then yep. won Super Bowls. Yep. Uh, thanks, Ralph. <laughs> you know, um, well, you know, Ralph was always proud of the fact that I know the Bills didn't win a Super Bowl, but they went to four straight. A team will that will never, never be accomplished again. again. The Patriots will never so be able to do proud that. Of Nobody, that. Yeah, of he's course. So proud of that, and he yeah. should be. And he was just a benevolent man. I know, and a lot of people talked about. We talked with Kutchko about this on ninety six five WCMF this morning in the break room. We talked about how John Kutchko from Channel Eight. How sharp the guy was, even up yeah. in his upper years. Because there's a lot of talk about Ralph. Is Ralph losing it? Teams hasn't been the playoffs in years. What's going on with Ralph? What's what's up with Ralph? And how Ralph in 2006, we all kind of made fun of him when he said he didn't understand the CBA, so he voted against it. He and uh, Mike Brown from the Bengals voted against it. Yeah. And then fast forward three or four years later, and Pat Bowling from the Broncos is going, um, I think Mr. Wilson actually did understand the deal and voted against it because – he saw something coming the rest of us did. And we were just in a hurry just to keep football on the field and keep the money rolling in, and he saw a potential problem, and now here we are at the doorstep of this potential problem, this lockout that's going to happen. He saw it coming, and he tried to put the brakes on it, and no, we said, no, Ralph, this is what we're doing. Shut up. And apparently Mr. Wilson knew better than anybody what was going to happen. Well, you know, right. he, and he grew up in a family where his father owned an insurance company, right. and he did very well, and he took over his father's insurance company and then built Ralph Wilson Enterprises, mm-hmm. he bought radio stations and manufacturing companies. He's a great businessman. Mm-hmm. You don't become a great business person without having acumen for seeing something five steps ahead Right, that's going to happen. And he saw it. He, he saw did. it coming. And, you know... It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think the team is in good hands. Yes. I think Russ Brandon is the perfect guy to lead, another Fisher grad. I think Doug Marone's a great head coach. And I say that like 
knowing he's going to be a great head coach. I think Doug Whaley's the perfect guy to run that front office from a player personnel perspective. I think they're all, those guys at least, are on the same page. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think there are people in West New York who are interested in keeping the team here and willing to invest. I hope they have that same passion that Mr. Wilson had. But it's not something we need to worry about today or in the foreseeable future. you got at least five or six years before they're going to have to go anywhere. And at that point, any franchises that are going to relocate are going to do their job. I don't think they're going to do it. They're going to move by then. I don't think you're not going to uproot the Bills, let's say, to move to St. Louis. You're not going to uproot the Bills to move to some other second-tier city like, let's say, a Jacksonville. All the franchises in the NFL, the cities have franchises. That's as good as it's going to be. The only place they're going to expand are the only places are either New or L.A. or possibly London, Mexico City. It's not happening. They don't have the infrastructure. They can't do it. There's a there's an owner who loves Buffalo, New York, mm-hmm. and he already owns one franchise in Buffalo. And his name has been tossed around. Terry right. Pagula. Yeah, I understand. Somebody that, yeah. that could be. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a possibility. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy who spends billionaires' money. We all love to spend other people's money. And <laughs> yeah. I don't when, have when, enough when, to do that. When yeah. it benefits us, we love to spend other people's money. But then like when somebody else earns it, we get pissed off. Yeah, like, right, oh, he right. ain't nothing. He ain't, that's right, that's right. not fair. Yeah. You know, but like, hey, if Mr. Galasano is going to buy the bills, uh, that would be great. And if Mr. Pagula is going to buy the bills, that would be awesome. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I know that he's had a lot of heartaches with the Sabres in the two years that he's owned them. And they're a much cheaper franchise than the Buffalo Bills. But... I still believe this. If you want to keep the Sabres in town, and of course he's agreed to never leave the team or move the team, but the point is that hockey is not going to be sustained unless in Buffalo, even in Buffalo, unless there's a pro football franchise in town. I agree with that. You're not going to make the money you can off the NHL unless the Buffalo Bills are right there too because that makes Buffalo a sports town. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And and you know what, Dan? You know what I would love to see? And this probably can't happen, and I'm not knowledgeable enough to know what's inside the contracts of the NFL, but I would love to see the team sold to the neighbors of Buffalo in shares. Like the Green Bay Packers, I don't. I think the NFL outlawed that. They pro- they did. I think because they they saw the writing on the wall. Okay, well, our Green Bay's okay, fine, but we can't allow this to happen. Right, and it probably wouldn't, but that would be that would be awesome. That would be perfect. You could lease the team back to, now. Here's the thing, though. There's a lot of uh, let's Erie County's run by a bunch of crooks. Yeah, well, uh, so I don't know who, how the Bills could pull that off and have somebody run the team and run it in good faith in New York State because we got enough issues here. But I know this: they spent the money. I mean, New York State spent the money on the Yankees to get a new stadium. They gave the money to the Mets to build a new stadium. All the Bills are asking for is just some renovations. Yeah. You know, yeah. and if they get a willing investor like a guy, let's say like Terry Pagula, again, I don't like spending I know, other people's I know, money. But... Theoretically, we all love to do it though. You know, I think that would be ideal, and I think that Mr. Pagula is a man who's humble, like Mr. Wilson. He's not a guy like Jerry Jones who needs to f- feels the need to run the franchise and build a bejesus stadium, make yeah. him bigger yeah. than the Bills. Don't need that. No. Even Minnesota's realizing, hey, we don't need a dome. You know what we need? Just bring us back in the elements and let's build a stadium that's affordable, but it's modern and it works. And you know, that's why I like the fact that the leader in that franchise right now is Russ Brandon, mm-hmm. right? I mean, do you think um, these guys want to uproot and go? Of course not. No, they not. don't. But I, and I like the fact that he's in that position because at a very young age, he learned from Ralph Wilson. Mm-hmm. You know, he came in selling sweets for the Bills, and now he's the president of the Bills. And Ralph Wilson will not give you an opportunity unless he doesn't think you have the ability to get the job done. Mm-hmm. So while learning and being Ralph Wilson's protege, 
I think he is really in a good position for this franchise. I don't think anybody else could be in a better position than Russ Brandon is right now. Right. I mean, Russ Brandon is living the dream. Yeah. Literally living the dream. Yeah. Hey, I don't have a billion dollars, but you're in charge of a billion dollar pro sports yes. franchise in the most important pro sport, pro sport in America right now in a franchise that you can be the man to make that difference. You can be, the, but it's a lot of pressure though too sure. because now all of a sudden it's like if somebody else comes in and they don't want him, they can force him out any of that other stuff. I don't even want to go there. Right. But for the time being, he's going to have to get in the driver's seat, and he is, and do what's the what's best for the franchise. I hope nobody gets in his way. There are people who, like Jeff Littman, who could get in his way. Yeah. Jim Overdorf, who could get in Russ Brandon's way. I hope they stay out of his way. Yeah. Because the guy's got a vision. And I think that vision includes Doug Whaley and Doug Marone. I think they're onto something. And I think if you get rid of the old guard and clean up that mess, this franchise could be viable in Western New York for years to come. It could be like the Minnesota Twins. It could be like the Green Bay Packers. It could be like those old home franchises like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean... The Steelers could have up and uprooted too. Yeah, they won four Super Bowls, but they had that crappy stadium. They need to build something viable. And Pittsburgh is not a big market. It's not. Cincinnati right. is not a big market, but they found a way to get it done. And if they can find a way to get it done, football will never go out of style. No. Not in Western New York. No, it never. It will. ain't happening. Never will. It's People, a fabric will, of they'll the pony community. that cash over. It's not about the ticket sales anymore, guys. It's about the TV contracts. That's where the money's coming from. So as long as you got two teams playing on a Thursday night or a Sunday, or a Sunday night, or a Monday night, guess what? People will be there. Be Eyeballs there. will be in front of the television, and that money will be spent. And you know, even though when the Bills in, in the bad years, we're still in the middle of a quote-unquote bad year, bad decade, whatever you want to call it, it was never as if Ralph Wilson Stadium had 10,000 people there. No. Or 20. All right, maybe they had 50 or 60. That's still pretty darn good, right. even in the downtimes. And we see plenty of stadiums in the NFL where the teams are playing pretty well, Miami, mm -hmm. and nobody's there. Right. So this is a part of Buffalo. It's a part of Western New York, and you can't do any and, and you can't adequate adequate adequately thank Mr. Wilson for putting that putting that team in Buffalo and giving us the the, the gift of memories and uh, and share it shared memories and, and family togetherness and, and you you name it just everything that went through everything that we went through with the Buffalo Bills we felt like it was part of our family and when they were doing well we were doing well right. and they were doing bad we were doing if bad. the Bills won on Sunday work was so much more enjoyable yeah. Monday school was so much more enjoyable and if the Bills lost on Sunday it's like oh man I'm go I'll tomorrow. never forget the be. Monday after Super Bowl 25. Mm -hmm. We're a bunch of kids. We're kids on mm -hmm. a bus. Silent. Dead silence. You know, kids don't take a lot of things seriously, right? Dead silence. Mm -hmm. And it just crushed us for however long. Oh, it's yeah. still to, to this day. I oh, mean, yeah. we have bad oh, yeah. memories. But I, I mean, I'll never forget. I'll never forget losing that first Super Bowl. And it was still a pipe dream. And I remember Jim Kelly after, the, after they blew out the Raiders, 51-3. I remember him in his jacket with his Super Bowl 25 hat on in the Zubaz Buffalo Bills yeah. colors, which I wanted. I still want a copy of that hat. <laughs> he goes, the goal's to win, not just to go. Because we were all excited. We don't care. We've been down so long. We don't care if we just go. Let's just get there, right? They're not going to beat us. Maybe San Francisco might, but the Giants certainly won't. And they lose that game. And I remember the field goal. My father had to leave the room, and I'm watching it. And somehow I convinced myself that the ball had gone through the uprights. I go, it's good. My mother, my father goes, what? 
And my mother goes, no, he missed it. <laughs> and I was still in shock. And, but here's the best part of the whole thing. The next day, yeah, there were people in school in fifth grade breaking my balls that the Bills had lost. I told you, Dan, because there's Bills haters too. But here's the thing. The Bills haters were also there because of Ralph Wilson. Sure. Because they wouldn't be following football and their teams nearly as closely as they have if it weren't for the team that they had to hate, which was the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. And either love the Bills or you love to hate the Bills. Yeah, there's, there's no, no in-between between with no the in Bills. Between, no. And for some reason, there was like an undercurrent. Maybe it's just human nature. If somebody likes something, and if there's a bandwagon, other people just want to play devil's advocate and hate something. They want to go against the grain. And even with kids, it happened. Or maybe because their parents were Steelers fans or Cowboy fans or Redskins fans or Browns fans. There's a lot of Browns fans in the area. But they're breaking my balls, but at the end of the day... Even though they hate the Bills, they love to hate the Bills just as much as I love the Bills. But here's the best part. That Monday, when they brought Scott Norwood out after he missed oh, that field goal. man. And everyone's chanting for him. It brings tears to my eyes. Yeah. I will never forget this I'll as long as I that. live. Yep, they didn't Bill Buckner him. No. They didn't Grady Little him. Red Sox fans, I'm talking to you because you know you did this yeah. if you're old enough. They tried to ride Bill Buckner out of town. I can't believe he played through the 88 season. Because, oh, it's, it's Buckner's fault. And then after they finally won in 04, we forgive Bill Buckner. Really? We never had to forgive Scott Norwood because we know those things happen. Yeah. And it was okay. Yeah. And we gave it up to him because if it weren't for Scott Norwood, the Bills wouldn't have been in the Super Bowl. And if it weren't for Ralph Wilson, we wouldn't have anything to celebrate on Sundays other right. than church. Right. We had something that Wichita, Kansas, and Toledo, Ohio, and Portland, Oregon, and Austin, Texas never will experience. We have it. We have a piece of the big time. There's nothing more popular in this country than the NFL. Yeah. Not American Idol, not baseball, not the NBA, not LeBron James, not rock and roll. The NFL is yeah. king. Yeah. When you have more than 50% of households watching games on Sunday nights, men and women, and we got a piece of it right here in this town, and the people didn't just MF it when they lost. They embraced it. They embraced Scott Norwood. Yeah. They embraced people like Ralph Wilson. He treated people well. We have all these memories. My father's gone. Every Sunday we were watching the Buffalo Bills. What else? I can't imagine what else I'd be doing. Because I'll tell you what. The offseason sucks. Sundays yeah. suck yeah. in the offseason. Yeah. My father and I tried watching NBA games. Eh, eh, change it. Can't do it. But football was us, and we had a piece of the pie. It was our team, the Buffalo Bills, and we had it because of Mr. Wilson. And we had all those things. Bills fans are different because of that guy. And football is different because of that guy. And we have it all because of that guy. And we owe him everything that he tried to do to keep it here for us to enjoy and make memories for ourselves. Yeah, as, as I said, it's not adequate enough to what we could do to thank him. And, and Dan, I remember as a kid growing up, my father, like, to – your point that you just made, my father was a New York Giants fan, and he hated the Buffalo Bills. So it's mm -hmm. just, you know, you love or you hate. So he hated right. the Buffalo Bills. But what I used to do every Sunday, a dad being a dad, he allowed me to watch the Bills, even though the Giants might have been on. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm watching the Bills. But I used to tape the Buffalo Bills games on VHS. 
And my parents are like, why are you taping this? Because I can't get enough. When the game's over, I right. want to see him again. Oh, I want to watch him on Monday. Oh, I want to watch him Tuesday. Oh, dude, I can't wait once a week. Empire Sports Network was like the greatest invention ever. I would listen to, I would get home from school, I would listen to Chuck Dickerson on the radio or Art Wander, and then I would turn yeah. on Empire Sports Network and I would top. see what those guys had to say. I'd watch, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, gosh, I'm, uh, Paul McGuire. Yes. Take calls to the Budweiser Sports Line, even though he could be half awake when Intoxicating. he was Intoxicating. Budweiser Sports Line. Yeah, yeah. And, and Dan, we, we <laughs> talked about this a while ago and it's it's apropos to bring it up now what team in the nfl had a long snapper who had his own radio show and television show nobody oh, no, no, that's my favorite that's, that's my buffalo favorite. that's my favorite okay you had the jim kelly show which alternated between wgrz channel 2 and wkbw channel 7 every other year and it was like bill scorber with jim kelly or the jim kelly show and they would fight for the rights and every year somebody else would win it right and if channel 7 couldn't get the jim kelly show they get bill scorber with steve tasker so then here's channel 4 in the middle the cbs affiliate going okay what do we do Hey, let's get the James Lofton show. And then James Lofton leads. Hey, you know what? Hmm. Let me think here. How about the Steve Christie show? Really? Okay. And then, all right. So then they get the Steve Christie show. Uh, and then Empire. Okay. We got the Frank Reich show. The backup quarterback. <laughs> Man, I didn't even take a snap. We got that show. We got the Adam Lingner show. We got the Don Beebe yeah. show. We had the Thurman Thomas show. I don't think Bruce Smith or Daryl Talley had a show, but I'm sure they were on all those shows because oh, they, they could use the appearance fees. Don right? Beebe had a show. Don Beebe had, Don a, show. had a show. Okay, yeah. and then to top it all <laughs> off with all these shows going on, you had Budweiser Sports Live with Paul McGuire every Tuesday oh, night taking Lord. calls half awake. I mean, is <laughs> it half you drunk? Half drunk, you couldn't get enough. You had Larry Felzer on WBN. I mean, and it was all. Look at all these jobs he created. Ralph Wilson, because oh. we had a team in town. Everybody had a fr- I think even Quinn Early at one point <laughs> had a show in Buffalo because we can't get enough it's football. It's true. To the point where my father goes, you know how much Jesus is ticked off at us right now? <laughs> because we spent more time in football and less time with God. It's so true. And it's... We loved every second of it. We loved we every get, second of it. We still can't get no, enough. No. What are we doing today? We're reading about Ralph Wilson. We're watching the videos. And, oh, yeah, by the way, i got to focus on the draft, too. I have to look at the draft board today, see if anything's changed in uh, Mel Kuyper's projections and blah, blah, blah. Well, hey, why aren't the Bills getting a compensatory pick for Jared Bird? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a freaking Wednesday yes, yes. at the end of March. Yes. And, and, and last night I'm watching NFL Network as I got into bed, and they're doing a little tribute on Ralph Wilson, and then they throw it to, um, oh, I can't remember one of the one of the guys there uh, about the upcoming draft, and then they start talking about Ralph Wilson, and they segue into the draft. I'm like, no, 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 still talk about. I don't. I'm, I'm not ready for football yet. Still right, talk right, about right. Ralph Wilson. Hey, go still back, talk go about the Bills. Yeah, back, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I don't want to. I don't want the present. Let's talk about the past. I mean, it's just. I mean, to the point where I mean, when Terrell Owens was signed with the team, and they let off Sports Center for ten minutes on that Saturday. I'm coming back from the World Baseball Classic in Toronto, and as soon as we hit the border, I got to turn my phone on because I don't want the roaming charges. All of a sudden. And on Sports Center, and he's like screwing up his words. I'm moving from America's team to North, North America's, America's team. I don't know what country I'm in, but uh, <laughs> we're here. And I mean, it was all part of, you know, Ralph Wilson entrusted Russ Brandon with a vision. Yeah. He gave the team back to Marv Levy and said, fix it. I don't trust anybody else. Trust. And at the time, we're sitting there going, what are you, nuts? But. It was trust. He trusted people who would be Buffalo type of people to keep the team here yeah. and, and he, viable. And you got to remember, this team missed the playoffs the last 14 years, and they're still here. 
That would never happen anywhere else. Right, and and he never went after a big-name coach. The big-name coach he only really had was Chuck Knox. Mm-hmm. After Chuck took the right. Rams to the Super Bowl, right. got him. He got Marv Levy on the cheap. I think Marv was doing Marv, radio broadcasting. Marv was like, he was, I, my, for my father explained it to me. I said, where did the Bills get Marv Levy? He goes, he was the ex-coach of the Chiefs. He won two great cups in the in the CFL, yeah. and he was doing preseason Bills football. He was the analyst. Yeah. And yeah. he was buddies with Lamar Hunt, and Lamar Hunt recommended him to Ralph Wilson, according to the story. I don't know if it's true, but from what I heard. And when Ralph asked Lamar Hunt about Marv, he said, Marv, I should have never have fired him. And he hired him on the spot. <laughs> and Marv basically came in and got everybody on the same page. He was more like a baseball manager than a football coach. Because in baseball, the moves are already there. You know when to bunt. You know when to hit and run. You know when to steal. You know when to throw a pitch outside. You know all those things. Watching the game. That's not rocket science. They asked Phil Garner once in Houston, my buddy Brad Davies. He goes, Skip. How many games is a manager responsible for winning a year? He goes, maybe one or two. We all, everybody knows what to do and what's coming. It's just the execution. That's up to the players. But when I got to step in and make a decision, there are times when you have those defining moments where you have to do that. That's what Marv Levy was. He let his coaches coach. He let his players play. But he knew when to push which button to get guys like Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas to stop fighting in right. the locker room and to get. And that's going to happen when your competitors. Anywhere. Everybody wants to win. Anywhere. Of yeah. course. Yeah. And Marv was the perfect guy to manage that. And Ralph recognized that with Bill Polian. He grabbed Bill Polian. He loved what Bill Polian had done with the Chicago Blitz. He knew he had the potential to do it. He got the right people on board to do it and you know there was a trade on the table that bill polian oh, presented love, to love ralph wilson story. i love this it story. could have been a king's ransom at the time and that's to what get, he said to get that money for jim kelly and ralph said nope we are signing jim kelly and he is going to be a buffalo bill and john kutchko we talked to all right we sal Mayrana brought that up because i asked sal this morning democrat and chronicle sports yeah. writer bill's reporter i asked him about that and he said ralph had the vision to understand that the USFL was probably going to fold. He didn't think it would fold as quickly as it did. Again, five steps ahead. Five steps ahead. Right. Good businessman is always five steps ahead. I love the story when Kelly retired and uh, Ralph goes to introduce him. Of course, you got to have a joke to lighten the mood because everybody's crying. And he goes, uh, I'm in Houston during a preseason game and I run into Jim Kelly on one of the boxes who's playing with the Houston Gamblers. And I go, Jim, the Bills need a quarterback. And he says, being the brash 24-year-old guy, he goes, you sure do. <laughs> <laughs> And Kelly like nods his head and shakes, like shrugs, like yeah, I said that. I'm sorry, but I mean, it's just it, Ralph still had the personality, and we yeah. we owe it all to Ralph. Yeah, we're as big sports fans. I know that there's not going to be four sports radio stations in Western New York because if there's not a Buffalo Bills for not for Ralph Wilson. Dan, in high school football, my high school football team, St. Joe's, my senior year, we adopted the no-huddle offense, the only <laughs> team in Buffalo to be running it. Why? Because the Buffalo Bills had yeah, it. Because it worked. Unbelievable. I remember, I remember hearing about that. I remember that. I was a young kid. I go, this St. Joe's team is doing – you guys were on the cover of the Buffalo News Sports section. In that old, remember, <laughs> that, remember that Buffalo News, that old flimsy paper sure. before Warren Buffett decided to finally like update the press? It was like the <laughs> oldest printing press in the world. And it was like that flimsy paper where you could barely read the print because it was so bad. And it says – Hey, St. Joe's, no huddle offense, yeah. beats Amherst, or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, they, they run the no huddle. So yeah. I run to my high school gym teacher, who was the varsity football coach at the time, said, Mr. Bradley, you got to run the no huddle. <laughs> Dan, we're more of a wishbone team. We don't have a yeah. quarterback who can throw the ball right now, but I will take your uh, advice under advisement. Yeah. I mean, but it, 
Why? Because one guy decided to put $25,000 down on a team in upstate New York that really didn't have much else going Amazing. on in it, and now the malls, everything, infrastructure in Buffalo is built around Orchard Park. And, and he had a plan A and a plan B. His mm-hmm. plan A, and it's documented, it's history, he went to Miami to put a team there, and they said no. Plan B, I'm ready to go. Buffalo, almost anticipating that Miami would say no, I got Buffalo ready to go. That was his plan B. And he's going to be missed. And yep. it's it's sad that this had to happen, but it was going to happen. You knew it was going to happen. But he had a great life. He led right. a great, great life. And I think it needs to be, like we've been doing here, celebrated. It shouldn't yeah. be looked at as, like, with a pall, like, okay, well. It's a matter of time. Now the clock is ticking, yeah, yeah. and uh, we're going to lose these guys yeah. soon. And so we better get our... You know, our act together and watch this team now. Can't look at it that way. No, and it doesn't have the feel when Lamar Hunt died and when Bud Adams died. This is something, I, maybe because we're around it and mm-hmm. we're, we're part of it, this is something that we feel like it's a personal loss. Right, it, it really is. And, and when when Bud Adams died, there were people who were actually celebrating yeah, because he had, yeah. he had taken the team out of Houston. And if you watch yeah. what happened with Houston, you saw why he had to do what he had to do. And um, Ralph also could have done that in Buffalo. But he didn't. And over. there were times when, like in the eighties, when there were you could take archery practice on the, in the stands. <laughs> I mean, there was like people, barely anybody in the stadium, yeah, and yet yeah. they stuck to a plan. Yep. They had a quarterback waiting. It was just a matter of time before he finally, before the league finally folded the USFL, and they were going to bring that quarterback to town, sign the richest contract then in NFL history, yeah, yeah. and then everything came to fruition. When he got OJ, right? When he got OJ. Went after OJ for the first time. I mean, that was. Mm-hmm. Look what that did for the franchise. Exactly. For, for OJ. I mean, like just last week, there were stories that he was scouting a safety that they, they think of, he, that Ralph projected as a third rounder, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, in this April's draft, you know, or this May's draft. Uh, it's still weird saying April and uh, not saying April and draft in, in the same May, sentence. Yeah, it's going yeah, to May, yeah. but yeah, I'll be on my honeymoon that week. But All look, right, I mean, this is this is a day that we got to look back with smiles. Yeah. Not like. Looking back in sadness because nothing's changed yet. We don't know the future, and that's unsettling. I get that. But today is not the day, nor yesterday. These are not the days to mourn the future of your Buffalo Bills. It's to celebrate what we've had and the opportunities that are coming. Because you know what? Things are going to change, and they may change for the better, and maybe things will be better off. We can look back and say, hey, Ralph, when we finally hold that Lombardi trophy up, Doug Marone could say, hey, Ralph, this one's for you, and I think I would love to see Jim Kelly there to do it and to get that trophy and hold it up and say, hey, this one's for you, man, and I believe that those things can happen. Yeah, I, I do too. And the reason why we believe those things can happen is because they made us believe those things can happen. And you know what? Maybe, and I obviously I believe in, 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 the, in, in another world. As in we divine. both do. Yes, yes, and maybe this was Ralph's turn to help Jim Kelly out. Maybe. 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 And while he's up there, uh, if he's not too busy with meetings, maybe he could ask the Lord, hey, could you throw him a ring? <laughs> Please? Five steps ahead. Five steps ahead. Exactly. So uh, I know Peter's got a roll, and I got a roll too because I got some calls I got to make about other things. Jim, get better, buddy. Yeah, get God, better. God bless get you, well. Jim. Everybody pray for Jim Kelly at 1 o'clock today. That's my new thing. Every day at 1 o'clock, I'm praying for Jim Kelly, his family, and everybody with cancer. How about 12 o'clock? 12. Well, here's the problem. I I, I thought about it after 12 yesterday, oh, okay. so I had to push it to 1. All and right. since 12 is like in four minutes so okay. while we're taping this, I have to close everything up, edit it, or else we could lose it like the one podcast we did about a month ago okay. or, or six yeah, months that's ago. Right. That's why I almost so, quit. I, right. called my con- so, I called my agent and said, I'm done right. with Right. Yeah, exactly. We had to renegotiate that whole deal too and now you get free parking i don't even get free parking uh so uh so one o'clock today everybody pray for jim kelly and his family and all those living with cancer so for peter montemurno 
I am Dan Borello. Thank you for joining us. It's the Dan and Peter Show on SoundCloud and on iTunes, and hopefully maybe someday on TrendingBuffalo.com. We'll see you. Love it.